Well, hello, Cultivate Church. Thank you so much for joining me for our final week of our rerun series. I hope you've enjoyed this series, especially if you've been a part of Cultivate Church in person at one of our campuses with Little Debbie Cakes and Cokes and Popcorn. As we've watched these episodes, it's just been a ton of fun. In this series, we're learning biblical principles from some of our uh, favorite television shows. And because we're watching online, due to copyright reasons, I can't show you the episode here online. So each week, we've just been kind of explaining some of the things that we've watched in person. And we're learning principles from, like I said, some of our favorite television shows. And we've learned some really great principles as week one, we watched the show Keenan, which is a great show on NBC. Last week, we watched the show Speechless, which is a canceled show from uh, ABC, but it's really funny. You can catch up on that show and Keenan on Hulu. And before we dive into today, I just want to mention that this is the very last church online experience that will come from our current Alabaster facility as we are uh, launching next Sunday on the 22nd in our brand new facility. And so it's going to be an incredible day, and I just want to invite you to come and celebrate with us as we just honor the Lord for what He's doing as we're making more room for more people to experience a relationship with Jesus. So today, together online, uh, we're coming together from our very last experience here at this campus together. But today I'm excited because I do want to share God's Word with you today. Uh, the show that we're covering today is called The Neighborhood. It's a CBS show that just completed season three. It's currently on CBS and they will start the fourth season very soon. But it's a really funny show that uh, really documents two neighbors uh, one is a really friendly neighbor from the Midwest. He moved to a new community where he's not so accepted because he is just the absolute friendliest guy. He's the most positive. He's got a great outlook. He wants to be friends with everybody. He just has that sort of personality. Yet the neighbors in the neighborhood aren't that receiving to his personality and who he is. They just don't roll, they don't roll that way in that neighborhood. And so this guy's a little over the top. And in this episode that we're watching, season one, episode 20, uh, it's an episode where we really see a lot of their personalities come to fruition. We have three main characters that we talk about in this episode. We have uh, Dave, who is the real positive guy, that he's the, he sees everything great, wants to be everybody's friend. And then we have Calvin, who is his next-door neighbor who uh, doesn't quite reciprocate uh, the friendliness and the relationship that uh, Dave wants to have. And then we have a, a third character that we don't meet, but we learn a lot about. And his name is Old Man Benson. And we learn in the very first scene that Old Man Benson has passed away. And Dave learns this standing outside talking to Calvin. And he can't believe that Old Man Benson has passed away. And Calvin begins to explain that it's not that big of a deal because no one liked him anyway. He said he was mean. He didn't like anybody. If a football or a frisbee landed in old man Benson's yard, the kids never got it back. He couldn't think of anything even good to say about old man Benson. But Dave, being this positive guy, he said, surely there's some good stuff about this man. We need to honor his life. We need to come together and, uh, and we need to honor him. And then Calvin says, there's probably not even going to be a funeral because the guy wasn't worth honoring. It's really a sad scene. And, and it led me to believe about the life that we live. And it made me think about 
the decisions that we're making today, the choices that we make, the way that we treat people, the way that we honor or dishonor people that are in our lives, the way people see us, the way people respond to us. Are we living a life on purpose that makes a difference in the days and years that surpass us? Are we living for a legacy? And so today, as we look at this episode, Season 1, Episode 20 of The Neighborhood, I just want to talk through a life on purpose today. We've been talking about that a lot this month. I want to talk about living a legacy life. I want to talk about how we inspire others to live beyond the life that they're living and doing that every day for ourselves so that we make a lasting impression on the lives of others. So I want us to pray, and I want us to get into God's Word today, and I want to share one of my favorite scriptures with you today that I think is motivating for me especially, and I hope it's motivating for you as you think about your life on purpose. So God, I love you. I thank you for my friends that are watching online right now. I pray that you motivate us, encourage us, and make us more like you through your Word today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to look at a verse of scripture with me. It comes out of 2 Chronicles chapter 21, verse 20, and here's what it says. It says, Jehoram was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for eight years. He passed away to no one's regret and was buried in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. So I mentioned three characters that we were talking about in this episode. You have Dave, the real positive, upbeat guy who's looking for the best in everyone. You have Calvin, who just doesn't, he doesn't have that same uh, personality as Dave. It doesn't seem to have that same outlook as Dave. And then old man Benson, who Calvin can't find anything good to say about. You know, I think about someone who passes away that maybe no one has anything good to say about. Have you ever met someone like that? As a pastor, I attend and I officiate a lot of funerals. And I have seen a lot of stuff take place in funerals. Oftentimes, uh, I've shared many of our funeral stories. One of my favorites is a funeral that we did. And um, uh, a guy was just, he was just, I mean, torn apart about the loss of his mom. And it was absolutely understandable how devastated he was at the loss of his mother. But I'll never forget being at the graveside. And as we're praying over the last moment of this funeral service to honor this sweet lady, he stands up and is going to launch his body on top of the casket right there at the graveside. Uh, a lady behind him stands up and just says, we're not going to act that way. We're not going to do that today. And she grabs him by the shoulders and she sits him down. I mean, he was devastated, understandably, at the loss of his mother. And this poor guy was just having a really hard time at this funeral. And then I've been to funerals where uh, you're talking about the individual who has passed and no one has anything positive to say. One time I read the remarks of a family that just said, uh, this is what they said, you either loved him or you hated him. And somebody said, amen. That was the only that was the only uh, feedback that we received about this person who had passed. And this was words I was reading that someone had written about this family member. You know, the decisions that we make today and the things that we choose to do really determine the life that we're going to live and the legacy that we're going to leave. In this episode, we see someone who has lived in such a way that they didn't leave a legacy. And just like this king that we read about that says he became king, meaning that he had all the influence, 
meaning that he had everyone's attention. Everyone was looking at the way that he lived. He could have chosen to do good to anyone. He could have made their lives better. He could have made it more positive. He could have led them in a positive direction. He could have helped those who were in need. He could have shown kindness. He could have shown mercy. He could have shown grace. He was the king. Yet the Bible says that when he died, no one was sorry. They buried him in the city of David, but they didn't bury him in the royal cemetery, which means they didn't honor his life in the way that he had lived, in the way that they had honored kings that had gone before him. Today, you and I make a decision about the way that we're living. And I want to pose a question for us today. If you were gone tomorrow, what would be said? Have you ever stopped to think about what you might say or what might be said or what you would want to be said when you're gone? And did you know that the decisions that you make today determine the reality that you get tomorrow? The decisions that you're making today and the way that you treat people and the way that you honor people and the way that you serve people, the life on purpose you live today determines the legacy that you leave tomorrow. The life on purpose today determines the legacy that you leave tomorrow. The decisions that you're making today, the choices that you're making, the way that you're treating people, what do you want to be said? What is the legacy you're leading or leaving by the decisions that you're making today? Are you making decisions that will leave an impact? Or are you living like this king who left no legacy for anyone to celebrate? You know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 14 and 12, look at this with me. The, pro the proverb says, There is a path before each person that seems right, but in the end it leads to death. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. What we learn in this episode as you see Calvin, who can't think of anything to say about old man Benson, but what we begin to learn and what begins to unfold is the similarities of Calvin and Old Man Benson. He said that if a Frisbee or football ended up in Old Man Benson's yard, no one was going to get it back. And then Dave said, you know what? I had a Frisbee that landed in your yard. It's got my name on it, and I never got it back. And Calvin says to him, I never saw it. So what we learn is that Calvin is a little bit closer to old man Benson than he is living a life of legacy like Dave, being positive and being encouraging and helping other people. You see, his way of living, it seems right to him, but it ends in death because he's not living a legacy life. He's living a life of being focused on himself. He's living a life of negativity. He's living a life of doom and gloom. He's living a life where the sky is falling instead of looking at how he can be a blessing to other people by the decisions that he makes. I want to ask you a question today. What path are you on? There's a path that seems right, but in the end it leads to death. What path are you walking? What path is your emotions on? What path is your attitude on? What path is your uh, actions on? What path is your life following today? Are you leading to a legacy or is it leading you in the wrong direction? How do you know if you're finding the right direction? How do you know if you're walking out the right direction? How do you know if you're really making an impact on the lives of people? How can you take inventory of your life to really know 
if you're making a difference? Where do you begin and how do you start? Well, maybe today you would say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a good person. I do good things. I gave away a VCR to the thrift store the other day with a, with a stack of VHS tapes. I'm sure some family will be blessed by my old VHS player. I mean, we try to think of ways that we convince ourselves that we're living a life, of, a life of legacy and positivity and we're making a difference in the lives of others that will surpass ourselves. But how do you really know? Well, the greatest way to know is to ask the Lord. In the Bible, in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, this is what it says. It says, Search me, O God, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This is a prayer that if you're brave enough to pray, will change everything about your outlook It'll change everything about your attitude. It'll change your awareness of the surroundings that you're in. It'll make you aware of the words that are coming out of your mouth. It'll uh, change the attitude of the way you think and the way you feel. This will change everything about your life if you say the words and mean it to God. Search me, God. Look inside of my heart and know me. Know the things that I don't know about myself. A few weeks ago, we talked about the blind spots that are in our life, the things that others can see or point out that we can't see about ourselves. And God is the ultimate one to show you the blind spots of your life. God can reveal a bad attitude. God can reveal a bad outlook. God can reveal the words that you're saying out of your mouth seem so negative and they're impacting people in a negative way. God has a way of showing you things if only you would ask him to bring it your, uh, to your attention. God, test me and know my anxious thoughts. God, you test me. God, you show me what's inside of me that is broken or that is wrong. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path to everlasting life. So God, you lead me, you show me, you help me, and you direct me. I love that the Bible teaches us this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. It says this. It says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned from me and received from me and everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. You see, God's principles will always provoke you to your purpose. The principles of God's Word and the direction that He tells us to live, they will always provoke you to your purpose. See, when you pray and you say, God, I want you to show me the ways that I'm missing it. Show me all the ways in which I'm missing a legacy life. A life on purpose that leaves a legacy for people to follow and that will leave an imprint in their life that points to you. A legacy of positivity, a legacy of serving, a legacy of helping, a legacy of generosity, a legacy that lifts other people up while I live a humbled life. We talked about that over the past few weeks as well. That's why I love this verse in Philippians because it gives us some principles in which we can live that will provoke you to your purpose. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, and what is right, what's pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are worthy of praise. 
Keep putting into practice right there. I, I, I encourage you to underline that or mark that or highlight that in your notes or your Bible. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you learned from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. You see, it's all of these things that the writer of the scripture says, if you'll keep putting this into practice, if you'll keep doing these things, it keeps your emotions in check. It keeps your attitude in check. It keeps your thought life in check. It keeps you purpose-driven and purpose-living and purpose-minded, legacy life living on purpose to make a difference that lasts for all of eternity. Continue putting into practice all of the things that God is teaching you. So ask yourself today, if you take inventory of your life, how am I doing? Am I living a life of legacy that lives beyond myself? Or do I have some areas of my life that I need to work on? I want to give you three simple things, just really quickly today, that will help you begin living a life on purpose, a life of legacy. Number one, write this down, is you need to live on purpose. Very simplistic, we talked about that. Live on purpose. Throughout this episode, it becomes apparent that uh, Calvin uh, is a lot like old man Benson. As a matter of fact, they're almost a mirrored image of each other. He didn't recognize it. But as he began to uh, talk it through with Dave, and as Dave is beginning to be positive, and he notices that there's some similarities there, Calvin actually begins to work out some things that are internal that he'd even recognize what was in his life. And so as he begins to internalize it and think about it, and as it's brought to his attention, he begins to shift his thought process as to why he is the way that he is. And today, I believe when we pray and ask God to do that for us, God will begin to show you some things of why you are the way you are. But when you choose to live life on purpose, that's when things begin to change. Look at the Bible. It says in Acts 20, verse 24, it says, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. God. Now this is Paul who wrote much of the New Testament uh, teaching us this, this principle, this verse of scripture that my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work that is assigned to me. That's what Paul said. So when he says I'm going to live on purpose, he doesn't want to be a repeat of the king who lived in such a way that made no difference of positive living in anybody's life. He left no legacy. He lived no life on purpose. Yet Paul says, hey, I consider my life worth nothing unless I do what I have been put on this planet to do. In other words, unless I live my life fully on purpose, there's nothing that I can do that will, that will substitute anything good that will surpass a life that makes a difference in the lives of other people. He knew what his purpose was to do. The principle is, is that you're here for a reason. You're not an accident. You're at that uh, place of employment for a reason. Those people that you work with that are difficult, that difficult boss, and you're wondering, why am I here? What am I doing? How do I get out of this? Well, the reality is, is that God has placed you there on purpose for a reason. There's a, there's a reason that you're there. And so you have to tap into, God, show me, God, help me, so that I can fulfill the reason that I'm on this planet. He said his work is telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. 
Paul knew exactly why he was on this planet. He knew the reason that he was here, and it was so that other people could be impacted by the good news of Jesus, that it was his responsibility to share. Do you know that living life on purpose is so that other people would know that Jesus is able to change their life, that Jesus is the hope of the world, that Jesus, Jesus has changed your heart, he's changed your attitude, and he's changed your life? Maybe you've had that experience today and you need to know that your responsibility, your purpose is to take that to other people. And if you haven't experienced that with Jesus today, my encouragement to you is that you would say yes to Jesus today and to begin living a life on purpose. The second thing is that you need to love on purpose. Love on purpose. A life on purpose or a legacy life on purpose is this, is that you live it on purpose and you love people on purpose. I know it's not easy to love people. I know there's difficult people. I know you struggle with circumstances and the way that you've been treated and the things that have been done to you and said to you. And, and I understand it's difficult. But look at what the Bible says. The Bible says in John 15 and 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. There's no greater love than somebody who would sacrifice themselves, that would sacrifice of themselves to live a life on purpose that leaves a legacy, that you love people. I love last week that we talked about uh, putting other people above ourselves, treating others as better than ourselves. We, we witnessed that through the life that Jesus lived. Jesus was always elevating others he always maximized their importance while minimizing his own. Jesus was the first to wash their feet or to serve them, to take care of their needs. The Bible taught us, and we learned last week, that Jesus didn't, he didn't take his uh, place with God as, as a place of equality here on the earth. No, he lowered himself as a slave, as a humble servant, so that he could serve other people. He loved people that were unlovable. He loved people that were unkind to him. He ultimately sacrificed his life for even the people that were putting him on the cross. And you know, as we learn to follow Jesus, living a legacy life, a life on purpose that leaves a legacy is one that will love beyond our, our own self, that we'll love beyond our capacity, that we understand that we live in a sinful world and there are people that are dealing with sinful things, that there are people that are dealing with heartache and hurt in their life, that many people have baggage that have been buried way down deep and they don't know how to process it. And because of what they've been through, what they're walking in or what they're walking into, they've got some barriers and they've got some walls built up and it's causing friction and it's causing them to be a hard person to love. But if we're going to leave a legacy, we've got to love those people on purpose. We have to be willing to honor them and to serve them. Go to work tomorrow and take them a box of donuts and, and don't even lick them before you give them to them. Just take them and give them to work. Uh, give them to them at work and say, hey, I just wanted you to know that God loves you. He's been kind to me and he's forgiven me and he's blessed me and I want to be a blessing to you. Just go beyond yourself and you watch what difference it makes when you choose to live on purpose, when you choose to love on purpose. And then number three, serve on purpose. How do I live a life on purpose that leaves a legacy? Well, you choose a life on purpose. You choose to love on purpose. And you choose to serve on purpose. The Bible says this, Psalm 112 and 9, 
They share freely and give generously to those in needs. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Share freely. Give generously to those in need. Then their good deeds will be remembered forever. Wow. To live a legacy is you serve other people. It's through generosity. It's your time. It's your talent. And it is your treasure that you give it away so that you will be remembered forever. When you serve someone else, people can't deny your generosity or your kindness. When you give anticipating nothing in return, when you say, I want something for you and nothing from you, people cannot deny the impact that is made in their life. And they say, well, why would you do that? Why would you bless me? Why would you help me when you need help yourself? Why would you try to encourage me when you're discouraged? Why would you loan to me when you need a loan yourself? Why? Because we're living a life on purpose that leaves a legacy. Because that's what God has called us to live. The Bible says in Mark 8, 25, If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. Don't keep life for yourself. You'll lose it. If you live just for yourself without leaving a legacy, you're going to lose it. You're going to miss out. You're going to be Jehoram one more time. Somebody that could have done good. Somebody that had the possibility, the opportunity, the potential, the power to do good and make a difference in the lives of others. But... We chose to live for our own life, and therefore you lose it. However, if you give up your life for the sake of Jesus, which means serving people, for the sake of the good news, the gospel of Jesus, the Bible says you will find true life. You'll find a life on purpose that leaves a legacy. In this episode of, of uh, The Neighborhood, we learn that old man Benson lived a life like Jehoram, they didn't leave much good behind. Throughout this episode, Dave is trying to find somebody that can say something good about old man Benson. But he doesn't succeed. He doesn't find it. But as Calvin is working this out, he begins to recognize in his own life that he needs to maybe change some things. He finds some motivations for the reasons he does the things that he does. And he has a moment, an opportunity to shift his attitude and to shift his mindset and to begin living more like Dave, who lives a life on purpose, than old man Benson, who has missed his opportunity to make a difference in the world that's around him. And today, what I'm encouraging you to be is a Dave, someone who lives their life on purpose, that leaves a legacy. Let's move like Calvin and begin to make some adjustments, recognizing that Maybe we need some adjustments to be made in our life. Maybe we need to treat others better. Maybe we need to give more of our time away, our talents away, and maybe we need to give some of more of our treasure away. And We need to be generous. We still have an opportunity to change. We still have an opportunity to shift our actions and our thoughts and our process. Today, I want to give you that opportunity to say, you know what, God, search my heart. If there's anything in me that I'm missing, God, I want you to help me. Maybe today you're watching and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Today's your day. Congratulations. You have the greatest opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And I want to give you that chance to do that as well. Where you are, will you pray with me? 
God, I love you today. I thank you for every one of my friends who are watching online right now or listening by podcast. I pray that in this moment that we have together, if there's one of us that does not have a personal relationship with you, Jesus, we just choose to put you first. We ask forgiveness of our sin. Jesus, we thank you for what you did on the cross for us. We recognize the sacrifice that you made. And Jesus, we choose to put you first today. So thank you for loving me. Thank you for relationship with me. And Jesus, I pray for all of our friends who are following you or are now a part of the family of God. I pray that every one of us would want to live a life on purpose that leaves a legacy. God, we only get one shot here to make a difference for you. And I want to make the most of it. So God, I pray that you just help us, you motivate us, you equip us, and you help us to do what only you can do in making a difference in the lives of others. Thank you for choosing us, God. Search our heart today. Help us to grow in areas of our lives so we'll live on purpose, we'll love on purpose, and we'll serve on purpose. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.